Hello to you and welcome to the podcast. I am coming to you remotely from a garage somewhere in Northern California. Yes, that's right. Welcome to the podcast. I'm so glad you're here. This episode is brought to you by Promises Behavioral Health, not just Promises, my friends over at Promises Behavioral Health. Now, let me ask you something. Have some negative impacts uh, from coronavirus stuff, from everything that we have been bombarded with in the last couple of months, meetings being closed down, uh, people struggling through the pains of addiction, mental health, All kinds of crazy stuff going on right now. Maybe it's affected your job, your social life, your overall well-being. If that's you, let me tell you, there's some help. We're going to talk about it on today's podcast, of course, titled, I Know You're Afraid to Quit Drinking, Three Tips on How to Get Over It. Number one, so we'll have some tips there as well, but I have a great resource for you that I trust, that you can trust and that you can rely on to get some help for yourself or a family member. Let this be the opportunity to get your life back on track or your loved one's life back on track. And I want to assure you and always reinstate, resupport, whatever the word is, you are not alone in this stuff. You're not alone in addiction. You're not alone with increased drinking habits that may be going on right now. Um, Promises Behavioral Health is here and they can help you Uh, get some help and answer some questions, all that good stuff. So here's what you can do if you'd like to reach out. They have options all over the place. First, you can go to promisesbehavioralhealth.com slash sober guy. Need to clear my throat there. Ooh, a little raspy. One more time, promisesbehavioralhealth.com slash sober guy. Or you can pick up the phone the old-fashioned way. And you can give them a call. It's 888-205-1890. 888-205-1890. Tell them that you heard about them from that Sober Guy podcast. I got some great feedback from Carly today over at Promises that you guys are utilizing Promises Behavioral Health. You guys are calling. You guys are get, getting the help, getting the questions answered, looking for resources. And let me tell you, if Promises for some reason, depending on your situation, If they can't immediately help you themselves, they're going to direct you in the right direction and help you, uh, whatever situation that is, whatever the needs are, they're going to help you, uh, find the resources to fit that, uh, situation itself. I got a little tongue tied there, a little caught up in my words. I didn't know what the next statement was, but here is the bottom line. Get some help. You can do it. I promise you, if I can do it, you can do it. All of our guests on here who are in recovery, Uh, have been able to find some sort of peace, some sort of relief from the struggles of addiction. So uh, check them out. We're going to talk about three tips to getting over the fear of quitting drinking. I know there's so many of us out there, like myself, you listening, your loved ones listening, your spouse, your friends that are just over it, man. Like, I just want to stop. I'm exhausted. I'm tired. I'm over this. It's the same thing every day, but I just don't know where to start. These tips are simple. Uh, There ain't nothing sexy about them, but we're going to talk about them today on That Sober Guy Podcast. So glad you're here. Let's get this thing rolling. That Sober Guy Podcast contains adult content, merciless truth, and emotional nudity. Listener discretion is advised. I am Shane Raymer, and you're listening to That Sober Guy Podcast, and we help people stay sober. 
Dang, I'm getting the whole DJ thing in there. Did you hear that? I'm Shane Raymer. Welcome to that Sober Guy Podcast. We help people stay sober. <laughs> hey, you know all of us in recovery are a little bit crazy. You're a little bit crazy too. You just don't want to admit it. But hey, crazy's not a bad thing, right? Crazy is beautiful personality sometimes. But I got to keep it in check. And that's what a great community and recovery program does for you. That's right. Be sure to check us out at thatsoberguy.com. You can also connect with us on Instagram at Real That Sober Guy. Probably the best place. I've been off Instagram for this week. Took a break. Needed it. Too much going on. Needed to disconnect for a while. Reset. Understand that uh, life is pretty dang good. Yes, there's a lot going on right now, but the perception versus the reality is very clear. And uh, man, a lot of a lot of good things to be thankful for in this day today. So. We're going to talk about three tips to get over drinking today. I'm going to dive right into this. We're going to uh, we're going to just there's three steps, obviously. OK, and let me read those out first. You're not sure you have a problem. OK, number one, you're not sure you have a problem. A lot of people struggle with that. How do I know? Get that question a lot. How do I know if I have an issue? Well, a lot of the time, at least what I was told uh, to myself, which turned out to be true, is that if you're questioning if you have a problem, there's a very, very high chance that you just might have an issue. Now, everyone's situation is a little bit different. Everyone's habits are a little bit different. Uh, but at the end of the day, if you're questioning that, it's a good chance it could be an issue. Number two, uh, take action. We need, to, we need to take action. We can talk about things all day long. I can talk about stuff till I'm blue in the face. I can think about it. I can procrastinate, pro- procrastinate, okay? But until the moment I stand up and I take some action, move forward, seek some help, find some community, and that's when things for me started to actually change a little bit. And then number three, you know, I had a hard time picking number three for this because three tips to get over drinking. There's a ton of stuff here. Trust me, these are just three of them. A lot of stuff here. You could write a book on it. Many people have. Um, Find something, number three, find something you love to do or you always wanted to do and do it. And I went back and forth with this. I mean, there's plug in a number of things, mentors, sponsorship, you know, have people around you, which, you know, covered a little bit in, in number two. But I thought finding something that you love to do, surrender, God, higher power, that kind of stuff too. Okay. So I didn't, I didn't, I thought about that, but I left it out on purpose because those are kind of some of the standard things that I feel like I talk about a lot. This one, this one for me, it it tends to get me motivated and hopefully it tends to get you a little bit motivated. What is that thing that you've always wanted to do that you've never done before? Maybe it's something you did when you were a child that you were really passionate about. You really loved doing it. It was just, it brought you a lot of joy, a lot of peace. Like you loved working hard at it. Man, just because we got all adult and all old and moldy like some cheese and fell into these bad patterns, these this weird life that we didn't think that we ever get to, it doesn't mean we can't go back and re- revisit some of those visions, some of those dreams, some of those things that we used to love to do and do them now. And so why do I bring that up for this? There's a tip. We have a lot of energy. There's a lot of energy we put into drinking, right? There's a lot of energy we put into figuring out how we're going to do it and when we're going to do it and what's it going to be like at this place? How am I going to get 
a drink in me so I can, there's a lot of energy and there's a lot more to it than that. That's just scratching the surface. But imagine taking that energy, the time spent that we put into, into drinking, and we're uh, specifically talking about drinking today. Imagine taking that and put it in, putting it into something that you're passionate about and that you love to do. And on top of that, that is serving and helping others. So that was number three. And we're going to dive into each one. Um, before we do that too, real quick, I just want to give a shout out to you guys. Um, you know, I, I love getting emails, messages from people who are two weeks sober, three months sober, uh, a year sober. And I just appreciate you guys. You help motivate me. Sometimes it's hard doing this stuff because um, I too have my own issues, my own struggles. I'm not perfect. I don't work a perfect recovery program. And it's tough some days. There are days that I do not feel like talking about recovery. I don't feel like thinking about it. I don't feel like putting in the work. Now, I know from experience that that's the most time when I need to do it, especially with all that's going on right now. You know, but I just want to thank you guys for, um, you know, for, for stepping up and for, uh, for reaching out and for sharing a little bit about your wins, your challenges, those things, because those things help me. And in turn, I get to share them, uh, with, uh, with you guys and everyone else too. So, and, and while I'm doing that, I, I got a great, uh, review here on iTunes. I haven't done any iTunes reviews in a minute and, uh, I wanted to read this one just because it was uh, it was cool. And if you haven't left a review on iTunes and the show has helped you uh, out in any way, man, please go on there, leave us a review. It it helps uh, to rate the show, and I love reading them. I read them on here sometimes. Uh, but this one uh, comes from. Let's see. Oh wait, did we get two? Of them? April. Let's see here. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. Did this just come up? Uh, let's see. Well, I don't remember if I read this one. So there's two of them on here. I guess this is a new one. I'm not sure. Um, this one comes from Gary in Toledo. I think I did read this one, but I'm going to read it again anyways, because Hey, it's a five-star review. Great help in my journey. Gary says, I started listening to this podcast about two months ago is become one of my favorites. Shane talks straight and real so much that is so much that it now feels like he's a friend of mine. Very relatable, down to earth. This podcast has become one of my tools in recovery. Check it out. It's awesome. Gary, thank you so much, man. And I want to point something out. Gary says, it's been one of my tools in my recovery. I'm not here to get you sober, to help you stay sober. Um, I'm here to share some experience. And, and this platform is to be used as a tool in addition to uh, other recovery tools, whether that be programs or community people, uh, whatever it is that you're seeking uh, and you're doing actively to help help you stay sober. So I love being I love being a tool, man. <laughs> I never thought I'd call myself a tool. Stupid joke. Gosh, dang it. Sorry about that, guys. That was a dad joke there. My, my daughter would really call me out. My apologies. Uh, this next one and Gary, thanks again, man. Uh, this next one uh, comes from The Real Spin Bad. Love it, man. It says uh, it's five star review. The light shine through the broken. Please share live on a new podcast. So man, that's what I'm doing right now for, uh, the real spin bad. Appreciate you, man. He says, uh, Hey Shane, just wanted to tell you, man, you've helped me more than you'll ever know. Listening to your podcast is the first thing I put on every morning on my way to work. Always waiting for the next podcast to drop your topics of discussion. I feel are one of the best on iTunes as far as recovery podcasts go. I'll end with you have helped me find my God of my understanding again because my last relapse, I turned my back on him unintentionally. But I was taught that the light 
will always shine through for those who are broken. You're the man. Keep your blood clean. Mike S., the real spin bad dude. That's a great message right there. And, um, man, I can't tell you, um, number one, how much I appreciate it. But number two, how many of us, including myself, have had ups and downs with God, with a higher power questioning um, going back and forth with, you know, a little bit of anger. Why this, you know, that, that, that classic, why, well, I don't need you then. Like I've been there and, uh, it is not easy, uh, to, to jump back on that train, let alone stay sober in that process. So, uh, good for you, Mike. I hope, uh, I hope that uh, everything's going well. And I hope that that message just encourages someone else out there who's maybe having an issue, uh, not just with drinking, but finding something higher, uh, to really give up control to, because let me tell you, that is where the secret's at in this, at least for me. So thanks again, guys. Leave us a review on iTunes if you haven't already. Uh, go on there. It's real easy. It just says review, and you can or ratings and reviews, and you can uh, you can leave one on there. All right, so let me X out of this here. Come down. I'm actually recording right now on, uh, on, on the video action. I'm going to try to see how that works out. This will just be audio, of course, but... I need some help with this, man. You got anyone know a producer out there who wants to uh, sit on the back end and do some of this stuff? But see, here's the thing with that. I have a tough time with commitments, I think, on that. Scheduling stuff. I hate having stuff scheduled. I just like to do it. I just I'll wake up one day and just do a podcast. I, I for some reason having stuff like on my calendar just and I know, okay, I know what everyone's thinking, like, oh man, dude, you're a mess. You can't you can't go without a calendar. I get it. Like I keep stuff on my calendar, but all I'm saying is, do you ever feel like that? Like it just gives you stress sometimes to just see your calendar just full of stuff. I just feel I'm a free spirit, son. I wanna be free. I wanna be free. Boom, boom. Oh yeah. What is that? I'm not going to sing it because I'm going to destroy it. I think it was some too short or something from back in the day. It's a good jam right there. Anyways, all off topic now, all off topic, but that's the good thing about this. See, I can be free and just freestyle, get on here, talk a little bit, have some fun. Hopefully you guys enjoy it. Let's get to three tips to get over drinking. Uh, if you're afraid, cause I know there's so many people out there that are afraid. I know I was one of them. I'm afraid to go back to drinking now. Thank God. That's a that's a fear that God has struck in my heart big time. I do not want to go back to that thing ever. And uh, I'm pretty conscious of that because let me tell you, I get urges too, just like anybody. Um, and, and I'm so afraid that it will creep up one moment in a weak spot, you know, and, uh, and handle me. You hear about that so many times. And so uh, this podcast, which we'll get to number three, finding something you love to do, we're going to find something that uh, this podcast for me it has really helped help me stay accountable in addition to a, a number of other things. But not to get ahead of myself, number one, you're not sure you're the problem or you're not sure if you have a problem. So here's what, here's what I did. I needed to admit drinking was a problem and I needed to admit it to myself and I needed to admit it to somebody else, which is not an easy thing to do. I'm going to take these headphones off because they're annoying me right now. Um, but you're not sure you have a problem, okay? Many people, I hear that. How do I know? I already said that before. How do I know if I have one? How do I know if I don't? Like I said, if you're questioning it, there's probably a good chance that you that you might. Okay, I can't tell you you do because I don't know. And then how do you admit it to yourself? How do you break through that ground of um, of denial, Denial is a big word that we hear in in recovery, right? When we're trying to get sober, when, when we're trying to do anything to better ourselves in life, we have denial. 
I had a lot of denial in the fact that uh, I couldn't get my old ass in shape again. I was too old. I was too out of shape. I was too this. I was too that. I don't have enough time. You know, there's some denial in that. Um, same with drinking. There was denial that I had a problem because it was like, oh, I'm not as bad as that guy or that girl or that person. I'm not blacking out every, uh, you know, every night. You know, now, the, now there was a list of other things I was doing, but there was heavy, heavy denial there. And so for me, the first step in understanding that I actually had a problem was admitting it and just saying, man, I got a problem. And let me tell you, let me tell you, let me tell you something. Let me tell you, I'm going to tell you. All right. I take that back. I'm not going to tell you shit. Okay. I'm not going to tell you. Here's what I will say though, is that I knew I had a problem for a long time in my heart. I really did. There was a feeling inside that I couldn't shake. I knew this thing was an issue. I felt it. I, I more felt it than, than knew it actually even. I felt it getting worse. I felt it over time and I knew there was an issue, but the difference was I wasn't willing to admit it. I couldn't admit it to myself. I definitely wasn't going to admit it to somebody else. So how did I do that? How do you admit that you have a problem? Well, I wish I could answer that for you. I can't. I don't know how you can admit it to yourself if that's you out there struggling, but I can share with you how I did it. Like I said, I knew for a long time that it was an issue. For me, I was finally so exhausted. I was so overwhelmed with guilt, shame, waking up every day, doing the same thing after saying I wasn't going to do it again, this repetitive cycle. I was exhausted. I knew that God had something more for my life for my family's life, for my kids' life. I knew that there was more, um, there was a bigger plan to change the trajectory of our family and my, and my life in general, you know? And so I could feel that. And so I had to start weighing what that looked like. Man, what is, you know, what means more to me? Do I, do I want to continue living this life in denial and, and acting like this problem doesn't exist? Or do I want to stand up and face it which was extremely difficult. I get it. Nobody wants to admit they have a problem. Nobody wants to go to rehab. I didn't want to go to rehab. Like, man, I, there was no way I ever saw myself being in that position, you know, and I found myself there. And for me, I felt like that was the only thing that was going to really do it for me because I needed, I needed to disconnect. I had tried to do it for you know, for quite a few times on my own and I wasn't able to, to stop. I would, I'd put together a week, a couple of weeks. I think I almost put together a month at one point. And, uh, you know, eventually I went back to either drinking or smoking weed, which one led to the other. And then, you know, it was a, a cocktail of all sorts of other things. But, um, how did I admit it? I was exhausted. I was over it. I was finally done. And, uh, you know, I'd pondered it for, for a week or two about what I was going to do. How was I, I, Jess, my wife was the first one that I told, uh, thank God she didn't leave my ass and, and she stuck by me, you know, I thank her like so much for that. And, uh, um, so grateful for that. Cause we hear that a lot too. A lot of people's relationships are destroyed by admitting stuff. So that's a, that's a tough thing. You don't know what's going to happen. I didn't know at the time, but I knew I was exhausted. And so I just finally took that step one day. I said, Hey, I need to meet you. I'm done. You know, that's what I, I didn't tell her that I said, I need to meet and talk to you about something. I, I gotta, I gotta talk to you. And, uh, there was a lot of anxiety. There was a lot of, um, 
of uh, uncertainty there, but I knew in my heart I was making the right decision. And I knew in my heart that if I admitted to this and that I took that next step, I didn't know what was going to happen next, but I knew it was definitely going to be a hell of a lot better than the way my life was going at that point in time. And so what did I, I had to take some risk. I had to have some faith. I had to trust in the process. I had to trust in God, even though I hadn't fully surrendered right then. And at that point yet, I was so, I was so close. I was close enough to be able to admit to it, you know? So I sat down, uh, we sat down at a, at a restaurant here in Vacaville and uh, I ordered a, a last, a last drink, like a cup full of, uh, of the old liquor. I downed that thing, man. I knew it was going to be my last drink. And I, and I just admitted to everything that I had been doing. I had been drinking and driving. I had been intoxicated while working. I had been um, doing all sorts of stupid stuff, staying up late and, and doing other drugs. And man, it was not a good thing. And I was, I was down. I was out. But I could tell you one thing right in that moment. Number one, part of it was probably because Jess was so understanding with it, even though she knew something was wrong. The the amount of weight off of my shoulders. Let me just tell you this right now. If you're struggling right now and you're feeling this weight on your shoulders, like you just don't know, like there's like just so much on your back and, and you don't know how to do it. The amount of pressure that was relieved, I could literally feel it floating off of my back when I finally just admitted to it, even though it was so hard to do, so hard to do. I admitted I needed some help. And, and, and that I had an issue with alcohol and, uh, man, it just seemed to float. Now it doesn't mean all the problems were solved. It was just the beginning, but that first step was so huge, so pivotable, 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 so pivotable, <laughs> so pivotal is what I meant to say, but it was, it was a pivotal, can't even still say it, but it was that word in that moment was that changed the course of like my life. It changed the course of our family's life, changed the course of a lot of things, you know? And so and then I went to Seth and I, I met with Seth later on. I can't remember if it was that night. I think it was that evening. I sat on a bench, you know, out in, out in a, uh, where were we, man? Actually, we're on a bench somewhere. I want to say like by a, a coffee shop or something, but, and I told him the same thing, you know, I needed some help. So getting that off, getting that out to somebody else. Now, here's what it did. It completely unmasked that, you know, that secret, the the behavior I had been, you know, partaking in, the amount, the excessive drinking and bad, poor decisions I had been making. So it was, it was, it was a little tough, obviously, right? It's not an easy thing, but it let go of all that. I surrendered it in those moments right there. I surrendered my secret of what was going on in my life that, that really nobody knew the full extent of. Yeah. Everybody knew I drank and everybody I think was quite shocked at the, at the extent of my issue because it was such an internal thing. It was so isolated and alone. I, I just, I, I, nobody knew, you know, there was a battle going on inside my head, just this civil war up in there, just battling it out, you know, and uh, it was not easy to easy to deal with until I finally came to terms with that. So here's what I'm getting at. <clears throat> I know it's a tough thing to admit when you have an issue, when you have a problem, when you've done something wrong. Um, but I can tell you from personal experience, it is uh, one of the most relieving things um, 
you know, and that's not to say because it, it can, I, I could see how that could be a selfish thing too, especially if you've hurt other people or if you've done things that uh, people still haven't forgiven you for, or if, you know, if you're in a certain situation that is just all bad, it's not to say, Oh, it's so relieving. Screw you. Everything's your problem now. And I feel great. I mean, I, I, it's not what I'm getting at, but in order to get help and to start cleaning some of that past up, there has to be some admission and some fault and some, um, you know, some action there, which we're going to get into next. But, uh, man, you can do it if you're struggling right now and, and you're afraid to quit drinking and, and you don't know if you have a problem. The first step is admitting it. It's in, in the steps. You know what I mean? Um, so think about that. Chew, chew on that, as they say. And if I can do it, you can do it. If so many people can do it, you can do it too. There's a better life for you out there. I promise you that. It doesn't have to do with alcohol uh, or drugs at that. Uh, so let's move on to number two, take action. So we've admitted it. Now we got to take some action, right? That's the scary part. Seek some help and find community. So what does taking action look like? Uh, let me Let me tell you, what it looked like for me. And then I'll, I'll, I'll shoot you a couple of resources here too. And we'll be sure to put these in the show notes. Okay. Um, taking action for me, I already got the ad- admission thing out of the way. And my choice was to go get some professional help, you know, to go to a treatment center. And, uh, you know, the, that next morning I woke up after admitting my issue, right? I was going to go get some help. I was committed to it. I woke up and that little enemy voice in my head started attacking me hard, son. So hard. You're, don't be a punk. You know what I mean? There's some other words now I'm trying to refrain from because my, my mind is, is dirty sometimes. <laughs> dirty bad words. Trying to get better at that. I want young people to be able to listen to this too without consistent cursing and disgustingness. So I'm um, doing my best to, to clean it up. But my mind was shooting all kinds of things, right? Don't be weak. You're a man. You got this. You're not as bad as that person. You don't need help. Tell them to F off. You got this. You can do it. Completely selfish, right? And then the other side was going, nah, man, you really got a problem. You really got a problem. Like you, you can, you can go get some help. You got options here. So this battle is going on in my head that next morning after I admit you know, admit that I have an issue and it is, it is hard, man. And so I I get up and I take a walk. I'm like, I'm going to, I'm going to walk the dog. So I grab old Brody and we head out on a walk. And, uh, I had a, a very profound spiritual awakening, spiritual moment in that, in, in that walk. Um, you know, I've told the story before, so I'm not going to go into it, you know, in detail, but basically what happened was I was walking and I found a book laying in the middle of the road on a busy, busy, busy street, usually that was just totally dead silent, which was odd in itself. But as I got up closer, it was a Bible. I walked right past it. I got about 10 feet and something inside me in, in my head spoke to me and said, go pick it up. And so I stopped dead in my tracks. I turned around. I went, I knelt down, I picked it up. And in that moment, uh, you know, God spoke to me and said, go get some help. You can do this. I got your back. Like you're making the right decision, you know? And, and I never looked back after that. 
uh, that was a confirmation for me. That was a, a, a spiritual awakening in that moment that, you know, has been profound in, in my journey, you know? And so, and I know everyone, you know, some people might say, oh, well, that's a cute story, you know, and, and I get it. That's why I don't like sharing it, to be honest, because it does, it can be, I, I feel, and then maybe this is just me, no one probably gives a crap, but I could feel like it could sound a little cliche, a little, um, you know, a little rah-rah sometimes, but that literally happened. And it's unbelievable sometimes. I still don't believe that that happened sometimes that I had that moment where I just felt so confident that I could do this, you know, and, and that wasn't me in, in, in my opinion, it, it was not me. It was definitely something higher than me, something that I could hundred percent surrender to. So what did that look like taking action? I went to rehab. I had a bed that following day after that, that walk, that moment I went, I made a call I called into, um, I had an EAP program uh, through my employer that I could call, reach out to for help. If you're looking, you know, maybe you don't have an EAP program, you need some help. That's why we partner with Promises. You can call them, 888-205-1890. Maybe you do have a program. You can call your EAP program. You can call a friend. You can call um, a, a local a uh, 12-step meeting group. They A lot of them have people on um, 24-hour shifts that have phone numbers that, that you can find in your community. And we have a resource page at thatsoberguy.com um, that has meeting finders on there. So you can actually go onto that sober guy, click on the, I, think, I believe it's the resources tab, or I think it's get help actually. Um, resources was the old one. Click on get help. Um, and you can go in there and you can type in your city or your zip code, uh, and any number of programs in there, you can find meetings in your area. And through that, there should be some phone numbers on there that you can contact if you're looking to, to connect with someone. So there's all kinds of resources. So that's what taking action might look like. You have meetings, zoom, aameetings.com is a digital meeting. There's still a lot of clubhouses that aren't open yet. A lot of places that aren't open yet as, as of today. Um, so you have digital stuff that you can log into too. Uh, Promises has Rooted. That's an online meeting community. Uh, put the link in there as well. Um, another thing, TFH Men, Friday nights. I'm a part of that. It's here at our local church, The Father's House. It's www.tfh.org slash men. An amazing group of men who are far from perfect who are struggling with day-to-day things, not just um, alcohol, but just family life, being dads, being husbands, um, trying to find a higher power, trying to find God, trying to connect better and just be good men in their communities. Um, that's another group that you can uh, that you can find in and be a part of. Um, and then, you know, hanging around people who are sober. I mean, what, is that, what does that look like? Taking action, you know, it, it, and there's a number of things and the list can go on and I, I'm, I'm going to stop right there just for time's sake. But um, those are just a few things that, you know, are some solid takeaways. But also we have to get out of some of the environments that we used to put ourselves in, you know, and that means sometimes having a distance between certain people that we hang out with doesn't mean that we can't be friends with them. You know, I have homies who are longtime friends that I still love so much today. I still, uh, kick it with them. Sometimes we still, you know, chat here and there. It's not like it used to just because life we're getting older and all that kind of stuff. But, um, at the time back in 2013, I had to distance myself from a lot of the old behaviors, a lot of the things that I used to do, a lot of the places I used to go, a lot of the people I used to hang out with. 
doesn't mean, and, and there was some that I cut out permanently, absolutely, because they weren't true homies anyways. But a lot of them, you know, were, were good good friends and still are. I just needed to reset because it was my issue. I needed to figure out who I was and what my boundaries were and what my life looked like like in this new sober environment. So I had to step back from that. You know, started hanging around people who are in the rooms, who are in uh, recovery, who want to be sober, who are not doing a lot of the things that I used to do. And that's tough at first, but that is another step in taking action right there. We're making changes. And in addition to that, through support groups and, and that kind of thing, podcasts, I didn't even put that on the list, but that's another one too. You know, take, uh, taking some action, finding community, finding tools that you can use, just like um, Mike said in the review. Um, you know, what are those tools? What do those things look like? And there's plenty of podcasts out there. There's so many of them, you know what I mean, that revolve around trying to stay sober, trying to live a positive lifestyle, fitness, health, all that stuff. Like you can combine all that and have a ton of tools right there to keep you rolling. I got to take a drink real quick. So check those out. I'll put all those links right there in the show notes. So if you want to, if you want to uh, take a look at any of those, you can do that too. But taking action, seeking help, finding community, um, a huge, huge step and curbing some of that fear uh, after you admit it. Okay, and then let's move on to number three, and then we'll wrap this thing up for today. Um, finding something you love to do or have always wanted to do and just do it. <laughs> Sounded like a, a, a commercial in particular right there. I won't say the name, but sorry. I just, I burped and then, oh, I burped again. My apologies. And then Jess uh, was texting me, my fault. Why am I apologizing to you? Like you care, like you're going to tell me something. It's just, don't you hate that when people apologize for every little thing? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I know I've talked about this before, but it's one of my pet peeves. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Stop apologizing for everything. Stop. It's so, it's one of the most annoying things I've ever like, oh, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry about that. Just stop. Just stop. Save it. Okay. I'm going to move on. You know what I'm talking about, though? Those people quit it. Find something you love to do or always wanted to do and do it. One of the things that was really tough for me was I am a musician. I had a lot of music. Where's the cat? I hear the cat meowing. She inside. Hold hold on a second here. Hold on. kitty lucy got a kitten she named it ruby but we just call it cat or kitty for the most part but i thought uh, she was gone earlier and she's still here so that's good news um but one of the things that i you know loved to do when i was still out doing my my thing with drinking and stuff was play music I was in some bands put out a couple of albums um, if you're interested in it, you can you can listen to it on iTunes. Just type in Shane Raymer, or you can type in Chemical Diet, and uh, there's a bunch of music on there. Um, and I really enjoyed doing that back in the day. But when I got sober, it was really tough to make that adjustment. It just wasn't the same anymore because I played music loaded most of the time. And if I did do it sober it, at that time, it wasn't very much fun because I was always so used to being 
loaded. And so when I got sober, it was really hard to connect on that music thing. And I think that's how I kind of transitioned into podcasting because I loved being on a microphone. I loved writing. I loved being creative. I loved sharing and talking. And so that's kind of where the idea, I literally sat up in bed one night. I was like six months sober and, um, I just sat up and I was like, told Jess, like, I'm going to start a podcast. And she just looked at me with this crazy look, like, what are you talking about? (laughs) You know? And I remember telling her, like, I don't even know how I'm going to do it. I didn't know a lot about podcasting at the time. I had just started getting into it, started listening to the new man. Uh, my buddy Trip Lanier, who's been on the show a couple times, awesome dude, kind of motivated me, um, to, to start listening and start making some changes. But, um, there was a passion there. There was a fire burning that, um, I really wanted to put effort into something and help some, like help myself stay sober and help some other people too, by sharing like some of the things that I was going through in early recovery. And I didn't really know like what it would turn into, where it would go. I didn't know if it would, um, you know, if I, how long I would do it, but I didn't, I didn't let any of that stuff get in the way. I just started taking action back to number two. I started watching all kinds of YouTube videos on how to start a podcast. And mind you, like guys back then, so this was 20, early 2014, um, podcasting had still been around at that time for probably seven or eight years. I want to say 2007, 2008 is, is kind of when it took, it may have even been a little bit before that actually, but, um, it, there wasn't a lot of options for it at the time, as far as equipment. And you kind of had to bandaid a bunch of stuff together and, grab a mixer and a recorder and all, people did it all different ways. And, um, I remember watching Pat Flynn shout out to him. If you're, if you're looking to start a podcast, I know he's got a bunch of courses and, uh, and YouTube videos, which is what I had found one of the first things on YouTube. And I just went for it, man. I was, it, it helped to occupy my mind. Like I had this project that I really wanted to do. I was going to figure it out and I just did not stop. You know, I was working in the mail room uh, for the company that I still work for today at the time. And I was, you know, I always say that this job was so monotonous, man. I, I, I watched this machine and we, it was an envelope stuffer basically. So all the bills that go out, we ran, um, okay. I'm not going to bore you with all the nerd stuff, but basically the job had downtime. Okay. And while I was doing my job, I have all these envelopes. And I still have them in a box somewhere. There's probably like a, a couple hundred of them with just notes, like, cause I, I was allowed to listen to podcasts while I worked. So I'd be working and I'd be listening to podcasts on how to start a podcast. And I'd be taking notes on these, let's find this YouTube video. Okay. Here's what I, here's some equipment I need. Here's like outlines. What about names? Like that went on for, I don't know, a month or two, you know, and just like, just, and it went on even beyond that actually, as I got going with the podcast, because I was creating content and I was trying to like figure out how it was going to get some guests on the show, all that stuff. Right. But man, I was taking action. I was hungry and it was keeping me occupied. I was working a program. I was finding something that I love to do and putting that energy that I was putting into being a miserable jackass, you know, drunk all the time. And that was me in my life. Poor me. The vi- I'm the victim. I'm the victim of everything. You know what I mean? Like screw that. It's such BS. Like nobody's a victim. You're only the victim if you make yourself the victim. We all have an equal opportunity in this beautiful country to stand up and do something about our lives, about what we would like to do in this life. 
You know what I'm saying? To make an impact on our friends, our families, on external strangers, who, whatever it is. You know what I mean? And you know what I mean? My Nana, oh man, shout out to Nana. I had a, has had, of course, um, you know, she passed away, but my Nana, my great grandma, full Italian, everything she used to say was, oh, you know what I mean? <laughs> so every time I say that, I think of Nana, right? She was funny, man. She was so ornery. She was like five foot tall. I swear to God, she would uppercut your ass to the jaw. You spoke bad to Nana. Nobody ever spoke bad to her, although we did. We did, as kids, play a couple of pranks on her, my cousins. Uh, me and my cousins, we'd all get together like on Thanksgiving or whatever. And I remember one year we had a whoopee cushion. I don't know who in the hell's bright idea it was to prank Nana with a whoopee cushion, but we did, and she got pissed. Oh, you kids! She was not happy. So just picture, you know, 80-year-old Nana sitting on a whoopee cushion in front of the whole... I don't think the adults thought it was very funny, but us kids, man, we were dying. It was great. In any case, there I go again, off topic, but find something you love to do. Find something. So I started a podcast, right? What does that look for you? Here's a couple of other things that I did. Um, and and this, I'm only, I'm only sharing this to maybe get your thoughts flowing. Maybe there's some things that you're thinking about. Like, man, I, I used to love doing, um, you know, this as a kid. Why did I stop? Can I do it now? I got into CrossFit. Jess and I both, we thought we were too old, you know, too out of shape to this, to that, it's too expensive, it's too, all those things, right, and that's not true, we just needed to take action and find something that we enjoyed to do and do it, now we've been doing that for over a year now, I'm in the best shape I've ever been in, I say that very humbly and proud at the same time, I've never been in this good a shape in my life, but it didn't happen overnight, but I found something that I love to do, I put that energy into it, and I show up three, four times a week, uh, you know, and get a great workout in. There's a great community there. Back to the community thing on on number two, seek help and find community. Community is not just in 12-step rooms. It's not just at church. It's not just, um, you know, at work. You can find community in all kinds of places. And and CrossFit for us, you know, is a great place with community. There's families. We've, we've met a lot of awesome people. Um great, uh, great people there that support and encourage and all that stuff. Uh, so that's huge. Um, mountain biking. I put this down here cause I, I used to love riding BMX as a kid and skating. A lot of you guys will follow us on social media or follow my account. Know that cash and I love to skate. We were at the skate park yesterday. Actually, you know what? Oh, I just thought about this. <clears throat> I made cash a YouTube channel. He has been, <clears throat> man, excuse me. My throat's all jacked up. He's been asking for so long to get a YouTube channel about skating and, and BMXing and stuff. So I finally made him one literally last night. Literally, literally last night. It's called Vacaville Skate and BMX on YouTube. And I, I made a quick little video of him. It's hilarious. He's like popping a couple wheelies and he's skating and stuff. And we put it up there. He thinks he's so awesome now because he's on YouTube. So uh, go on there, check out the video, Vacaville BMX, or I'm sorry, Vacaville Skate and BMX is the channel name. And uh, I think the, the video is titled uh, Vacaville, B, Vacaville Skate BMX. Actually, you know what? You know what I'll do is I'll put the link in the show notes for you. Just check it out on there. Uh, but I, I used to love doing that as a kid too, right? And I passed it down to cash now, BMX and skating, which led me to mountain biking as I got a little older. I bought an old mountain bike a while back, about a year or two ago. I still jam on it, man. I got a helmet. That's right. Your boy's got a helmet, rocking a helmet. 
down the street. But it's fun, man. It's something that brings me back to childhood, right? Something that I enjoy to do. Put positive energy in. Golf, that's another one. I've been playing, a, like, I've gotten four rounds in in the last couple of weeks in golf. My boy, uh, my boy Riddle, you know, my boy Nate Riddle, we, we go out and smash some balls around. He's really good, and I'm not very good. I'm getting better. I, I got to play with my in-laws over the week. I mean, just having fun, you know what I mean? Having a good time. And especially right now, it's a tough, it's a tough time to, uh, you know, uh, with a lot of things going on, we've got to stay dialed in and remember that we can relax and, and have a good time. Uh, a couple of other things, fishing, used to love fishing as a kid. Um, haven't done a whole lot of it lately, but Cash and I have been, it's so cool having kids cause they get you into things too. You know what I mean? They get you, you know what I mean? <laughs> they, they get you into things. Uh, Nana, I love you. Uh, they get you into things that, uh, that maybe you did as a kid, you can get back into them, man. But fishing, got our fishing poles out. We're taking a fishing trip here. Um, and we're going to have a good time doing that. Backpacking is a big one. So I don't want to bore you guys with all the things I do, but what are the things that you love to do that you want to do that you never did or you used to do that you want to do again and that can hold you accountable? And if they are things that can be acts of service at the same time, man, it's such a powerful, powerful thing when you can do that. So um, I just want to encourage you guys start maybe starting a business. Being, if you're an entrepreneur, start up that thing that you that you always wanted to do that you never thought you could do. You sat around drinking like I used to do, dreaming about how your life could be better, but you're not taking any action to do it. I know you're afraid to quit drinking, but you can do it. If I can do it, you can do it. I promise you that. So thank you for tuning in today. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Uh, leave us a comment on uh on or leave us a comment i think i'm reciting cash's youtube thing last night my brain's just scattered i don't know send us a comment on instagram or whatever i'll probably be back on there sometime. Uh, yeah i'll try to respond on there um i love you guys share the podcast with a friend check us out at that sober connect with us on instagram at real that sober guy at shane raymer on uh or no 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 more on that one just on instagram that's right Shout out to Promises. Man, I love you guys. Peace, love, and respect. Keep it working.